Hi, and welcome to the Mending Bridges podcast, the podcast where different generations discuss topics from their perspective. I'm your host, Carla, your resident millennial, and along with me today is my co-host, Dean, and I'm your resident baby boomer. So what's been going on? Well, the weather here has been really nice, and everybody's out, the neighbors are out, um, taking care of their yards and doing gardening and also the kids are out of school so there's a lot of kids and families enjoying the pool and the kids riding around their bikes and stuff in the parking lot just uh, interacting with the neighbors and having good walks around the block and that kind of stuff so (laughs) what's going on with in your area there? Not much, since we're still restricted on some of the things that we can do in my state. Plus the additional precautions that I've been personally taking as well. I have been watching a lot more movies recently, though. And I've noticed a lot of wedding movies are currently airing. Which makes sense, since we are in the peak of the wedding season. Therefore, for this week's episode, I thought it would only be appropriate that we discuss weddings. And if I remember correctly, it's been a while now, but I think you got married in September. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes, we did. And is there any particular reason you chose September? Well, we had hoped for July, but the facility that we wanted to use was already booked for that time and they couldn't accommodate us for July. So we ended up with September because they had um, asked us to reschedule So they gave us a larger um, facility for September. So we accepted and it turned out really well. So that's a good deal. Um, You probably needed the extra space as well, you know, especially for the reception when it's the time to start dancing and have some fun. Yes, it turned out to be really good because we had actually invited a lot more people and the turnout was a lot better than we expected. So the bigger hall was a welcome very welcome um, thing. Yeah, I can imagine. I know summer weddings are really nice, but I think spring and fall weddings is even better because it's cooler. Especially if you're having a formal wedding, you tend to get hotter really fast. You know, especially like on the dance floor at the reception when everyone's dancing. Or if you're doing an outdoor wedding. In the months of April, May, and June, more than 550,000 weddings were planned, according to the Knot.com. This is usually the busiest time of the year for anyone that's associated with the wedding industry. So I thought that today we would have a section called Wedding Facts. (laughs) Now, have have you ever wondered where some of these wedding traditions started? Yes, I've wondered about that sometimes. I thought we'd be kind of cool to go over some of these. And <laughs> you'll probably be surprised when you hear <laughs> um, why we're doing some of the things we're currently doing today. Okay, so let's start with engagement rings and wedding rings. So, you know, we typically wear those on the fourth finger on your left hand. And that is because back in the day, they used to think that the vein in that finger will lead straight from your finger to you, directly to your heart. Wow, that's pretty cool. So you're always connected to your heart. 
with your wedding ring. That's that's pretty awesome. Okay, so what about the veil? What do you think the veil is for? Is to I don't know, hide your face so well cover you up so that it will be a nice surprise when you, you know the husband is veiled and he'll, he'll be surprised. Oh wow, you look so beautiful today. Yeah, see, I think that that's what most of us thought, but. The true reason behind why that tradition started was in ancient Greeks and Romans thought that the veil protected the bride from evil spirits. So ever since then, we've been wearing the, bra- the veil, I guess, to, cut- to protect us from the evil spirits. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what a thought. <laughs> How about wedding cake? Have you ever thought about wedding cake? Like, I've never thought about wedding cake. I just like, oh, it's cake. It's, you know. Yeah, that's usually what you celebrate with. Right. It's for part of the dessert of you eat, <laughs> the reception and the cutting of the cake. So here's why we cut cakes today. So apparently, uh, again, in ancient Rome, what the revelers used to do, they used to take a loaf of bread and break it over the bride's head, and that would help increase fertility <laughs> in the bride. That's where the tradition of wedding cakes came from. I'm glad they're not taking the cake and smashing it over the bride's head. <laughs> I don't think any bride today would kind of go for that, especially after they spend how, how long to get their hair done and their makeup. Uh-uh. <laughs> so maybe that's why, you know, when they have, when they cut the cake and they're feeding each other and sometimes they'll like smash the cake and sort of on your face or something. So maybe that's why they, they do a little bit of that because that's in symbolism to the breaking over the head, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. So maybe that's, yeah. <laughs> okay, so now this one, we, um, okay. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, so apparently guests in ancient times would tear off a piece of the bride's gown as tokens of good luck. So this is this then led to the tradition of the bride throwing both the garter and her bouquet on the wedding day. <laughs> well, I think much better tradition <laughs> maybe the bride would go home yes <laughs> without any clothes i know like so i had two questions like what if it was a huge wedding <laughs> <laughs> oh boy <laughs> i know like do, do they put a cap on how much can be torn off like <laughs> i don't know where these things came up they came up with these things and also i can't imagine somebody doing that in today's that happening today for two reasons because in some weddings the wedding dress is so expensive you hear some ridiculous numbers i can't imagine how people tearing their wedding gowns off and secondly some of these wedding gowns have hardly any material there so are you know there's so are they being held up there's so much exposure that there's literally being held up by like a string or two so by the time you tore a piece off that's it <laughs> <laughs> that wedding gown will be on the floor, so <laughs> you know. I know some of these. I don't know where they came up with these. <laughs> where this superstition came up with? So, when, okay, so these are just a couple. I don't know how they were able to quantify this and came up with this saying that this is a fact. But anyway, I thought this was, I put this in there as well <laughs> because that was interesting. So they're saying men who kiss their wives in the men in the morning after I'm sorry, men who kiss their wives in the morning are said to live five years longer than those who don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> but how do you test that? 
I don't know. I have no idea. But... <laughs> okay, and let's go to, we can go around the world. Um, so in Egypt, her, the Egyptian woman pinched a bride on her wedding day for good luck. And then in Morocco, a woman would take a milk bath before the wedding ceremony to purify their body. I could live with that one. Yeah. So, which leads us into the question of the day. So in South Korea, why do guests tie the groom's feet together and his feet is then beaten with a dead fish? We'll have the answer to this towards the end of the podcast, so stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the traditions. So on average, there's approximately 2.5 million wedding ceremonies that are performed across the United States each year. I mean, I knew the number was a lot, but wow, that's a lot. (laughs) So over the last few months, obviously, we've seen a lot of weddings that had been dramatically either downsized, postponed, or canceled. And as a result, we even have a new wedding term that is being trending. It's known as mini-monies, a.k.a. miniature ceremonies. So what it says is that um, a mini-money consists of 10 or less people, typically mainly your family members, and they're doing this in an effort to comply with the social distance guideline of 10 or less people per gathering. And we're also seeing a lot of people who have decided not to um, cancel the wedding, and they've been getting really creative in the way that they're getting married. So, you know, virtual, virtual weddings have now become a thing where people are getting married their own homes and they're streaming it either through zoom with their pat with a pastor who's on the other end <laughs> not the pastor is not actually present <laughs> with them and so either through zoom youtube facebook so basically any variety of the streaming services so they can you know get married but still have their family members and friends you know tune in and watch to whatever street whatever streaming services they um they're using. I also think that's very cost effective too because they're not there so you don't have to feed them. <laughs> you don't have to find a venue or anything or I mean I, well I guess there's plus and negatives to that. But yeah then you miss all the interaction and you know getting to talk with people you haven't seen for a long time and all that stuff so. Yeah so so what some of them are doing so even though they're having this ceremony um they're doing virtual marriages. What they're doing for the um the cer- for the reception, sorry. They're planning to do that at a later date when, you know, we no longer have to social distance and it's okay for us to come together as a group again. So they're a lot of them are still planning to have the reception at a later date. But they just decided, you know, let's go ahead with the marriage for now. So another thing that we're seeing popped up is um there's like a drive through uh weddings. <laughs> that we're seeing and basically there's like a ticket booth so you know people stay in their part everybody have their assigned um time to get married so they'll show up they'll stay in the park in their car until it's their turn so each couple with their mask and everything will go up to this 
like a ticket booth. It's a ticket booth, but they try to dress it up. So it's a little bit more festive, but I mean, not all that. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, I mean, like I said, it's a ticket booth. So <laughs> you've done the best that they could. So they'll get, um, they'll marry them there and then they'll go over to another like staging area where they can take some photos and then they'll move on to the next couple. Wow, that's quite a, a change from what was originally planned. So it takes some getting used to, but, you know, got to keep keep safe, keep everyone safe. So those are for the people who decide to go ahead and just have a small ceremony for their um, wedding. But then you have a lot of people who are rescheduling their wedding for a later date or end up having to choose next year around or wanting to choose next year for the same date or around the same time. Now, what's going to happen is that the couples who are in the beginning stages of planning their wedding, they're going to find that the dates that they're going to choose for next year or later this year are, are not going to be available at the desired venue because of everybody else who's rescheduling mm. it. So I think experts are thinking we're going to see a new um, friend emerge and that's we're going to have the emergence of weekday or work night wedding so that's like tuesday i'm I'm sorry thursday friday and sunday in order for venues to be able to keep up with demands and this will also likely probably lead to a trend of smaller weddings going forward as well because obviously for those who are wanting to get a bigger wedding but if you're not able to get the venue because the venue is booked up they're gonna look at somewhere else that for a smaller wedding or maybe a backyard wedding or something and also if you're doing a weekday wedding then not everybody's going to be able to get to the wedding because a lot of people will be working or some may be able to take time off some might not be so yeah so this will naturally lead to smaller weddings going forward yeah i think you're correct on that so, you know, while quarantine has obviously brought some couples closer together, that's unfortunately not the case for everyone. So there has been a big spice in divorces in several cities worldwide during quarantine. And the numbers are also expected to rise in other areas as well, where, you know, offices were closed and divorce paperwork were filed, but not being able to process because the offices are closed or were unable to completely file until the city's completely fell until cities reopen. A lot of lawyers say, you know, their phone has been ringing off the hooks <laughs> as far as that goes. So um, what do you, why do you think um, divorce, the um, people are getting divorced during this time? Well, for one thing, you know, you're not accustomed to spending so much time together. And the longer you are together, especially if you, you know, find different things to complain about or different things that you used to think are cute. Now, with it being around for a longer time, it doesn't become as cute anymore. It's a chance to um, argue about little things, and especially where the kids are at home as well. You know, the dynamics of everybody and kids getting into trouble, parents getting annoyed, and, you know, all that all those little things comes into play and then you get all upset and it turns into a big fight and there goes the divorce so it's and along with that is the stress of people not being able to get out to work the financial aspect of it as well as the worrying about what's going to happen next so all of that comes into play and I think that's why so many people are getting divorced these days because it's um, 
overwhelming together. Yeah, that's true. And especially with the financial stress portion of it, if you have one or two partners who lost their job, on top of that, if you also have a partner who loves to spend, <laughs> when now you're down to one income or maybe no income, so you're living off your savings. So now they're trying to figure out how they're going to pay their bills. So, you know, that would put added pressure to the relationships. And yeah, like you said, you know, couples are spending more time together. But also, I think some of these um, people, when they are, you know, stuck longer together, especially if they're in careers that they're both away from home for longer periods of time when they're together, they might find that they no longer have anything in common or maybe their goals or ideals might have changed. So they're no longer going towards the same path. (laughs) So that could, yeah, cause divorce as well. And I think on another thing too, I think some of these couple may have already been on the verge of breakup and this kind of you know, maybe they were deciding maybe we should see like a therapist or, or decide to try and hide in there or something. But, and you know, the quarantine happened now they're stuck at home all the time together without uh, a therapist or anything. So this just really pushed them over the edge and say, yeah, no, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's hard to be stuck with someone 24 hours of the days, seven, seven days a week for weeks and possibly months, especially when, you know, you're already fighting and on the outs with that person so small doses could help (laughs) the relationship get back together but when you're stuck together and yeah especially if you haven't started seeing a counselor or anything to try and work out some of your issues and yeah then things can be said that can't be taken back and done so Mm -hmm. I think another thing too um, again with finance that can be a a double-edged sword because on one hand this will have um, couples will cause couples to divorce because um, this will cause people to divorce because maybe the, due to financial stress, like I stated earlier. But on the other hand, divorcing is not cheap. <laughs> so you know, a couple it may prevent couples from divorces because when they have to separate and create separate household, household, you know, and the added expenses for divorce. So I was doing a check on bank rate. And I could not believe this. The average cost of a divorce in the U.S. Well, you know, this depends on state to state too. But the average cost per person is fifteen thousand dollars. I know that is so expensive. And of course, you know, lawyer fees. Like I said, lawyer fees. Um, it varies from state to state. So the cost, so the range, what they're really doing is from eighty four hundred to seventeen thousand five hundred. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you, it's. That's another thing you stuck with a person if you can't um if you can't afford divorce. Now, if you're saying uh, if the couple if if it's gonna be like an amicable divorce, you know they're not gonna fight or anything, then they can skip the lawyers and do use a mediator, and they're usually a lot cheaper than lawyers. A few states that so. don't no fault divorce, and that's an easy process. You can just go down to the um courthouse and get that taken care of with you know without costing much money. So I guess a lot of people probably going that way too. Divorces in Saudi Arabia rise by 30% after quarantine during the coronavirus pandemic caused many wives to discover that their husbands had other wives and families. So among the cases are female doctors, community women, and employees who were forced to request annulment of their marriage after they discovered that their husband had married other women in secret. So the pandemic and home quarantine and curfew contributed to unveiling what was happening. And the court's family counselors try to bridge the risk between couples 
away from the court sessions to protect family. So basically, these husbands had a whole lot of family that their wives didn't know about. So now you're stuck at one place. When you're in quarantine, you obviously can't leave for any reason. So, But when in a normal day-to-day, you can always say, oh, I have to go on a business trip or something. I guess that's what they were using. Wow. <laughs> you know, I'm laughing, but that's so that's terrible. I know. I can't imagine being in that situation. That's hard, especially if it's another family. If he has another family outside there, that's hard to deal with. Yeah, so a lot of lawyers and um, marriage counselors, they're seeing what they're seeing. That, just like we discussed, too, um, reasons why people are getting divorced. Money worries, boredom, lack of escape from each other. <laughs> well, yeah, if they're having conflicts and they're not able to yeah, separate and cool down and come back, then yeah. Conflict over kids. Yeah, we didn't discuss children, kids. Conflicts over chores, lack of exercise. <laughs> That's interesting. But speaking of chores, so there was this um there's this couple that made headline news because they signed um basically a chore contract. <laughs> so the husband is a he's a full time worker, but the wife is part time well she's well, you can't be part time stay home mom. You're she's a stay home mom, but she has a part time job. And so um and she also came from a, a family of lawyers, so she was figuring, well, why haven't they done this before? So basically, now with quarantine and everything, um, you know, responsibilities kind of shift or, you know, it has been me more, have more time to do certain things or whatever the case may be. So they've created a chore contract and it basically explicitly states, like, who will do why? Who's going to do the dishes? Who will be responsible for their three-year-old to do certain activities on certain days so that kind of thing and of course you know there's um exception on if it's something come up and that can't be done then how they should handle that (laughs) Um. yeah so it breaks that they basically break down their rights and responsibility to both both themselves and each other so they can be accountable which is good you know, like how many, so things that's involved in it is how many hours would the husband be out of the home each week? So instead of like her nagging him over text and asking each week, if he'd come into a schedule, can he help with this or not? They have a contract and it's in writing and what he should be doing and when he should be doing it. So, so that no, they don't have to fight over that. So what do you think about that? I don't know. I, I, um, on one hand, I think it's in a way it is good. But on the other hand, I I don't think it's the best thing. Um, when you're both of you are at home, or you know, one person not working, then it's easy to follow whatever schedule you agree to. But when both of you are out working, then it gets much harder, and then you're gonna become in breach of the contract, and there goes more problem with the family. So. I think everybody should just step up and do what needs to get done at the time that things need to get done. I think that's a much better deal. Well, like I said, they have exception clause in there. So obviously if he has to work at the office longer on a certain day when he's supposed to maybe doing something with his child, there's exclusions in there. But um, I think personally, I think it depends on the couple. So especially if you have... um, one partner who is you know you just you agree say okay you're going to do this you're going to do that and when the time comes 
especially when it comes to household work, most of it, a lot of times, seems to fall back on the female, whether the female is stay at home or is working just as much outside of the husband. So I think um, if they need a written contract to be able to say clearly, okay, this is what what each of us is responsible for, then, like I said, if that works for the couple, then I think they should do that. Yeah, I just think it depends on the couple. Think- some people works better when you have things in writing to you can hold them accountable for especially if they're like so, yeah because some people will I'm using quotes that you can't see but a lot of people some people are like oh I, I don't remember saying that or especially guys will say well if you ask me during a game or something I, I yeah they don't remember having a discussion about anything <laughs> so if you you're having a meeting and you both are set you're both well you're both involved so you're both agreeing to eat so it's this is not one person writing the contract and say you're going to do this i'm going to do it this is both of them being involved and agreeing that this is what we're each yeah, going to do I, you don't want to be doing the same thing be responsible for the same thing unless the scheduling is rotating or something you don't want to be doing the same chore all the time well, it depends because if one person can't cook and the other one obviously can, then <laughs> you're going to want the person who can't cook <laughs> to cook. <laughs> you're, are you going to want ret- ro- no, to rotate that? Other houseworks. <laughs> then, yeah, sometimes you want to rotate. You don't want to be the one doing, taking out the garbage all the time, or you don't want to be the one doing the laundry all the time. Yeah, not everyone wants to do the same chore all the time. Sometimes you want to switch it up. So unless it's a rotating schedule where you can switch off to something else or ask somebody to do your chore while you do theirs or something like that, then I think that might work better. But being responsible for the same thing all the time is no fun. And, you know, but then you see, I would go back again and to what I said earlier, I think it depends on the couple because not everyone loves changes and some people love the routine. So that's why I say it depends on which couple, the couple who is doing a contract and how they set it up and that it could potentially work for them. Because some people just, some people like just put in writing what I want, what I need to do and I'll get it done. Different strokes for different folks. (laughs) And now back to the question of the day. So in South Korea, why do you think that get what the wedding guests tied the groom's feet together and take turns beating his feet with either a, a dried fish or with sticks before his um his first night of marriage. I'm thinking that he's uh, telling them, you know, you stay where you are. Remain with your wife and not go walking away or running away. You would think the reason behind it would be something of that effect. But no, it's not. It's supposed to make sure that the soon-to-be husband does not disappoint his wife on his wedding night. <laughs> I have no idea. So, yeah, so this question was on the travel.com. This um fact was on the travel.com and the others that I found. So I have no idea. No idea what the feet has to do with that, <laughs> what the beating of feet has to do with that. I wonder if they still I, practice that tradition. That. <laughs> <That'd be> interesting. <laughs> well, I mean, they say the beating is for fun. It's not cruel or anything. It's not. It's not like they, you know, they hit him really hard or anything. It's just for fun. <laughs> so if it's just a fun, and I'm like, oh, I would love to see yeah, a wedding like that. That would be funny. In your nice, um, tuxedo and everything. You don't want to be around dead fish. It's stinky stuff. <laughs> No, it's no, it's dried fish, so it's not. It's it shouldn't have much. I don't think it has much of a smell to it because it's dried. Uh-huh. And also, in some, 
in some cases it's just like bamboo sticks or broomsticks that they use so I'm guessing if you don't want to well if you have a problem with the smell like you're saying then I think you probably one of the ones who go with the bamboo sticks no, or the, or the, um, the broomsticks <laughs> now I want to see it <laughs> We've reached the end of today's podcast. Thanks for hanging with us. Stay tuned until our next podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Mendon Bridges, on Facebook at Mendon Bridges Podcast, and please leave us a review wherever you listen to us. Stay safe until next time. Bye.